In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The celebrated playwright Alan Bennett once wrote a play and it was called 40 Years On. Some of you may be familiar with it. And in that play, the headmaster of a private school is preparing a group of boys for confirmation. Any questions, says the head teacher. Uh, well, says one of the boys rather nervously. Um, well, sir, well, sir, I- I'm still just a little bit confused about the doctrine of the Trinity. Doctrine of the Trinity, said the teacher. No problem at all. One in one in three, three in one. If you want to know more about that, go and see your maths teacher. (laughs) And that's exactly how some people see or try to understand the doctrine of the Trinity. As a mathematical conundrum, as an obscure or an unnecessary complex bit of technical dogma, as a mystery. Oh, not in the biblical sense that the love of God is a mystery, but rather as something that's simply and totally incomprehensible. Within our Christian calendar, we have a whole myriad of wonderful celebrations, things like Christmas. It's in December this year again, by the way. So we get things like Christmas, and we get Easter, and Ascension, and last weekend we celebrated Pentecost. Christmas is easy, isn't it? Not off. Of course it is. We celebrate the birth of a Saviour. That's in Matthew and Luke's Gospel. At Easter, we celebrate the glory of crucifixion and the wonder of resurrection. It's prophesied in the Old Testament. And again, it's detailed in the New Testament. When we celebrate the Ascension, we reflect on our Saviour Christ returning to his place in the highest heavens. The Gospel writers tell us all about that. And then at Pentecost... We rejoice in the wonder of the Holy Spirit as detailed in the Acts of the Apostles and elsewhere in Scripture. And all of that surely grounds us into the love of God, a perfect, redemptive, powerful love that the preacher at last weekend's royal wedding so gloriously shared. And then there's today. Trinity Sunday. A day when we celebrate... Well, we don't know, do we? Because it's not laid down in Scripture. It's not like Christmas Day or Pentecost or Easter Day. There's no biblical narrative that we can use to explain it. In fact, you know, the word Trinity is not actually in the Bible at all. In fact, it wasn't coined as a word in our Christian teaching until the 4th century. So perhaps today, on Trinity Sunday, we need to ask ourselves, what is it that we're celebrating? What is this thing called Trinity? Well, 
the Athanasian Creed, which I'm sure is bedtime reading for everybody. The Athanasian Creed says, There is not three eternals, but one eternal. As also there are not three uncreated, nor three incomprehensible, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. And I don't know about you, but the whole lot seems to me inconceivable. And it's sad. It's so very sad because it treats the doctrine of the Trinity as something awkward. As something that um, gets in the way. Rather than something that enables us to live in God and respond to God's never-ending love. For the reality is that the Holy Trinity is one of the linchpins that unifies us together as believers. And it has done throughout history. It goes right to the heart of our Christian belief as interpreted by Orthodox, Catholic and indeed Protestant believers. Even those from the great charismatic tradition with their heightened Christology and special emphasis on the Holy Spirit, even they hold fast to the doctrine of the Trinity. Simply put, the Trinity is as important to us as sound and solid foundations are to the hugeness of skyscrapers. Oh, it's true. It's not spelt out or worked out as a set doctrine in Scripture. Even when there is reference to Father, Son and Holy Spirit, such as in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel... Even there, it was added on a bit later. Original, originally, in biblical days, people were baptised in the name of Jesus alone. And then some bright spark had an idea. I bet he had an ology after his name. Let's put Father, Son and Holy Spirit in that bit. Why not? But what we do have in Scripture, praise be, are expressions of praise and wonder in the presence of a God who is revealed in so many ways. In creation, in worship, in the hearts of believers, in the past, in the present and for the future. Holy, holy, holy is God who was and is and is still to come, we are learned. In the New Testament, we have clear, accurate teaching of how we must know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit as part of the single embrace of God. Jesus, bringing God to earth, raising humanity to heaven, working in us to bring about new birth, which is the theme of our reading from John's Gospel. And by the way, if you want to know more about that, come to church this evening, because our friend David, David Walters, who's hiding up the top there, he's going to be leading worship this evening and unpacking more of that wonderful Nicodemus story. And then there's our other reading this morning from the book of Romans. Here's the Holy Spirit speaking and praying in us and for us, interceding for us with God. But we need to note something. That in all of this, the initiative is always of and from a loving God who calls us 
his people to respond. We have to do our bit. Ouch. The Bible doesn't say, give your heart to God and he'll sort you out for the rest of your life, lay back and enjoy it. Wouldn't it be good if it did? The Bible doesn't say, God will do everything for you, you haven't got to worry about a thing, he'll pay the gas bill and the mortgage, he'll look after every single item on life's journey. The Bible does not say that. The Bible calls us, calls us to respond to God's calling. It calls us to be empowered by that love, by that Holy Spirit, and lead our lives as God would have us do. You know, the the doctrine of the Holy Spirit came about simply to set boundaries. It recognised that we're frail human beings who can't possibly comprehend the mystery of that which is God. We can't understand or equate the vastness and the wonder of God and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit sets limits so that we can have some understanding of that which is God, a God who loves us intently and passionately without reserve. Let's try something. Look at the person sat next to you. I know it's scary, but it's Sunday, it's all right. Now tell them you love them. Don't get carried away. (laughs) And now just tell them, God, God loves you. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit and what the Trinity empowers us to do. To share the love of God. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm a bit shy. I'm a bit reserved. Oh, I can't possibly do that. Oh, no. Well, why not? You've just done it. Why not say to the person in the post office on Tuesday morning, by the way, it's nice to see you. Did you know that God loves you? Why not? Why not queue up to pay in the co-op? And when she says, have you got a dividend card? You say, no, but I've got scriptures. Why not? Why are we so reticent to talk about God? I read recently that the most difficult word to say in the, in, in the English language is Jesus. I'm ashamed of that, aren't you? The answer is yes, Simon. You're learning, you'll get there. And the Holy Spirit is that which inspires us and enables us to get to know and to relate to that which is God. That God that we endeavour to share. That God that we long that others may know and own for themselves. That is God. And the Christian experience of God the Father is as creator, the source and sustainer of life. The experience of Jesus is as the perfect and living expression of God, fully divine and fully human. And the experience of the Holy Spirit isn't as an additional reality, but as part of God himself, 
They're not three gods, each with their own CV and job description, but one God, divine, in a community of love. Oh, on the one hand, the doctrine of the Trinity is a complex formula that only deep-thinking theologians and learned academics and ministers like him can understand. Oh, but I urge you, don't be put off. For the doctrine of the Trinity is simply the vehicle that we believers, that we disciples can use to give us an understanding of that which is God, in order that we may be empowered to share that which is God with other people. It's not an academic rule or a textbook. So I urge you to put the theory to one side and revel in the practical, the reality, the wonder of that which is the love and the grace of God. Revel and rejoice in the reality of that never-ending redemptive love that knows no bounds and knows no limits. Relationships can be pretty tricky, can't they? Whether it's between brothers and sisters, parents and children, husband and wife, boyfriends, girlfriends, you name it. But surely, if our recent Easter and Pentecost celebrations have been true, and if our understanding of the Trinity is sure, would they afford us the opportunity and the joy of reassessing our relationship with God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit? Of course, relationships do need to be worked at, don't they? There's a wonderful story of a man who had been married, been married for over 60 years. And somebody said to him, tell us, tell us the secret of your wonderful, happy marriage. He said, oh, it's easy. He said, once a week, my wife and I go out for a beautiful candlelit meal. We have a wonderful time. I go on Tuesdays, she goes on Thursdays. <laughs> but in Scripture, we're taught that our relationship with God needs to be worked at, and it needs to be intense. It needs to be intimate. It needs to be personal. For our God is indeed our Creator, our Father. Our God is indeed our Saviour, Emmanuel, God the Son. Our God is indeed our supporter, our facilitator, God the Holy Spirit. Our three in one, one in three, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And I pray that his love and grace will be the pattern of our praise and the pattern of our worship, the pattern of our daily living, both as individuals and corporately as a fellowship. For this is God. This is God, the mighty and eternal, who calls worlds into being and loved us into life. This is God, the compassionate and merciful, who bears on his heart the sin and sorrow and pain of this world. This is God, enthroned in majesty, who answers the longings of our hearts through the ages. This is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay. You say, Simon, that's okay. But I still don't understand it. 
How can God be three things? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. How can God be one in three, three in one? How can you get three It doesn't work. Well, you know, um, Jilly, my dear wife, who I love passionately, is sitting down there, just got embarrassed, that's all right. We've only been coming to this church uh, for a few months. But we have learnt something in that time. And the thing that we have learnt is, if you want to know the answer to a question, you ask David Waters. Now, I've got to tell you that David Walters, who incidentally is going to be leading worship here this evening, David is a perfect example of that which is the Holy Trinity. If you don't know who David is, he's just fallen off his chair and he's sitting up there. David is married, married to Carol. We celebrated their wedding anniversary just a short while ago. David is also a dad. David is a father. Praise be, he knows the joy of children. David is also a grandfather. Hallelujah. He knows the joy of ankle tappers around his legs. So David is three things. David is a father. Sorry, David is a husband. David is a father. David is a grandfather. But he's still David. And there is only one of him. (laughs) David is three things, but he is one thing. And it's exactly the same with God. God is our Father. God is God the Son. God is God the Holy Spirit. Three things, but one thing. For there is only one. Our ever-living ever-loving God. And we are called as the church of Jesus Christ in this place and in this community to proclaim his love. That never-ending redemptive love. Not just this week at the Holiday Fun Club. Not just in the God slot on a Sunday morning when we come to church and look pretty. But throughout every moment of every day. No matter where we are, no matter who we are. There is but one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to whom be praise and glory on this day, on every day, and forevermore. Amen.